I'm Josh Arnold. And I'm Casey Cordero. And this is Throttle On, the podcast about all things ATV, UTV, and off-road. Today on the show, we're going to take a look back at 2017, the good and the bad, the big news that came through this year, our favorite riding destinations, and we're going to throw out some Throttle On awards for 2017, so it should be a good time. Buckle up. Here we go. Right? (laughs) It's been a good year. It's been a really, really good year. Really, it's been, uh, it's been fun to watch what uh, what has transpired throughout the year. Yeah, and it's hard to see. You know, we guess every every year at the end of the year we guess about the the upcoming year, and there were several things that I did not see coming in 2017. Really, yes, and I uh, I think the first one we ought to talk about is probably that little Arctic Cat to Textron. Uh, name change, but uh, mostly I should have said that Textron acquired Articat here back in, I want to say, April or May of last year, correct? Yeah, that's right. Mar- March, I think it was, is when they announced March. it. You know, okay. there was some back some back room meetings on that deal. Oh, yeah, for many, probably, I don't know, what, year? You, what, what are you I would, saying? I would think so. I mean, yeah. that kind of acquisition doesn't happen overnight. Right. And we all kind of knew that Articat wasn't really, they were having trouble getting new product out more though than just getting product out. Uh, we wanted to see what, you know, Textron would bring to the table with Articat because they, as we've seen, um, and as we have pointed out, I think in, in previous throttle on podcast episodes is Textron definitely has a lot of money at, at their availability, you know, and it's readily available to launch product. So there was two specific vehicles. Uh, one of them was a Robbie Gordon edition of the Wildcat that didn't get launched uh, when they first announced it. And then when this Textron acquisition came about, they had announced that this new Wildcat XX, which had a crazy new body, some new powertrain, and it was one of those things of saying, okay, so you know, Textron has now acquired Articat. You know, let's get this product out. And I think, based off of what we've heard, is that that's really going to be the biggest thing that comes to fruition here is that we're going to see a lot of new Textron products and which is going to be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I feel like we've talked about the Textron thing multiple times. Uh, so I don't want to keep going back and saying the same thing over and over on our podcast because we are professionals and we, and we don't do that. Right. <laughs> that said, they have a lot of money to pour into ATVs and UTVs and R and D and uh, acquiring Articat was probably just a very small check that they could have written comparatively. And it just catapulted them to having a range of product that would have taken probably a handful of years to do on their own. Exactly. And you know, and one of the biggest things, not only the range of product, but that dealer network was essential to yeah. the whole deal because yeah, big Text- time. Textron, yeah. Textron found out really fast how difficult it was to actually get into these dealers that are really flooded with product right now especially from the motorcycle to ATV days where that one vehicle and the space that that one vehicle took up in a dealer showroom has now gotten so much bigger with the bigger UTVs and stuff. So, um, you know, space at a dealership is, is prime and Textron trying to acquire some of that space within a dealership network is difficult. And Articat already had that because of their longevity in the industry. So pretty cool to see what they, uh, what they're, what their uh, just goals were and then how they accomplished them, obviously, with this acquisition. So Yeah. And I think that wraps up the big news that happened in 2017 was the Textron acquisition. There you go. Now, let's move on. 
You ready to move on? Absolutely. This is going to be a favorite of mine right here. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm with you. So we wanted to kind of look back on our favorite rides or adventures that we took in 2017. And I guess I'll go first since I'm the one talking. We thought we'd do like a runner-up adventure or ride and then our number one. So let's do runner-up first. And for me, it was riding outside of Seattle, Washington. That was like a bucket list item for me. I'd never ridden in Washington State. And I always think about the big, huge trees and and Mount Rainier and rain and and eating some good fish when I think about Seattle. Andy, what can I say? It's part of the adventure. So for me, that's like my runner-up was riding outside of Seattle, Washington. And these trails, we'll put it on the show notes, the name of the National Forest. And for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the National Forest, <laughs> but I will put it up there. I know why Yamaha chose that is because the Kodiak 450 is a midsize ATV. And midsize on those trails is perfect because you ain't getting anything past. I mean, putting even a 48-inch wide ATV down those trails, good luck is all I can say to that. So that ride, it was a phenomenal ride in the trees. Being able to wind just through those forests with those old trees, some of which it would take four or five people to get around the trunk of them. It was phenomenal. I'd love to go back, but I would not go back on anything less or more rather than a, than that midsize ATV because you'd be hitting rocks on the side of the trail like you wouldn't believe. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting, but it was beautiful. And there were some rough sections towards the very top that you were climbing up the side of a mountain winding through the trees, then you'd pop out and go all the way to the top and you could look across, you could see Mount Rainier, which I'd only seen in photos. I'd never seen in person. It was phenomenal. It was really, really cool. So that would be my runner up. How about you? Runner up, number two. I love it. And I, I really, like, I really just wanted to ask you to do me a flavor and see if you went to Pike Street to go see the fish flying. I, w- I wanted to. Here's some behind the scenes action on these trips that they take you on. Uh, they plan out almost every moment of that trip. Yeah. So you really don't have the opportunity to be able to do your own thing. And we did not have that opportunity because I wanted to do the tourist thing and go down there to the market. And I, with all the food shows I watch, I wanted to see some of that action and I got none of it. Oh, none of man. it. So, Hey, Jeez. that means we have to go. That, exactly. We have to go mm-hmm. back. Exactly. I think uh, you need to, first of all, and if you've been to Pike Street, then uh, our listeners will know what I'm talking about here, but there's a giant pig out in the front of where these flying fish are happening, and we need to get Josh to sit on that thing for a photo, because I've done it before. How did I know I was going to wind up sitting on the pig as soon as Uh, you said it? You know what? It's it's part of like a ritual of going to Seattle. You have to go to Pike Street, and you got to sit on this pig, you know? Alrighty then. Done. That's number one. And number two is there's a fish restaurant that is really not a restaurant. It's more like a sandwich shop that's just down the way from where they, they throw the flying fish. And <laughs> it has got to be the best fish sandwich I've ever had in my life. I don't know what that sauce is, but, man, I want to make it someday. And those are my tidbits. <laughs> oh, I love it. Street. Thank you for adding to my adventure story, my runner-up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and just for the record, I would be down with the fish. And I'll make this really brief, but on that trip, 
I was craving fish and chips. Like I thought to myself, <laughs> when I go to Seattle, what would I want to eat? I would want to eat fish and particularly fish and chips. And the whole trip, we didn't have the opportunity to do fish and chips. So I got to the airport ahead of time thinking, I'm going to get some fish and chips. And there's this restaurant in the in the Seattle airport. And I was kind of in a hurry. So I, I ate on the part on the side where they prepare it really fast. Looked good. Ordered the like multiple pieces of fish with this batter that's supposed to be really, really good. And all I can say is it was crap. Um, <laughs> I was so disappointed because you would think this beautiful white fish with this real light batter would be phenomenally good. And it was just an oily mess. And I was very disappointed. So, oh, so when I go back to Seattle next time, I will not be eating at that place in the Seattle airport. I will be eating in a, in a restaurant or down down at the market where they have some good fish and chips. There you go. Okay. There you go. There's my runner up. (laughs) I love it. Well, my my runner up is definitely not as fishy, but it is definitely dirty and it's in, uh, it's in Utah. And I know I've probably talked about it a million times, but at the same same time, it is so such a, a unique experience going to this place called Caneville. And if you've never heard of it, then look it up. It's in the middle of Utah and it's got a very specific name that, like Josh, I cannot remember what the heck it is right now. Um, anyways, I'll think of it later. Again, we are, we'll we are professionals. We are professionals. Yeah. Gosh darn. Anyways, yes, it's uh, it's right outside of Caneville. There's a really neat if you're if you're going down there. There's a really neat restaurant in the little town called Hanksville that is right next to. There's a T in the road and. It's literally right there across the street's a shell station that you can make your last fill up for your bikes and stuff. And then the restaurants on the, uh, I guess on the North side of the road and you make your way to Caneville and man, it is, it's just an out of world experience literally because it looks like you're on Mars. It is just, it's full on this like fluffy dirt that is awesome. And then it's got these crazy hills cut out of it to where when you're riding, you can go up on the side of these mountains and stuff. And then if you're looking on the other side, like you're, you're turning down to go back down the hill and literally on the other side, like the, the, the dirt just ends. Like it's just a, I don't know. It's just a sheer cliff on the other side. So it's really cool. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't seen it, then I definitely recommend looking it up. There's a lot of YouTube videos on it. I know, uh, Ken Block just went out there with his rally car and I think he did a video with Pennzoil on it. Anyways. Um, yeah, it was an interesting one. So uh, Caneville, there's a lot of open camping. There's uh, just a ton of riding trails out there. Uh, if you're into dirt bikes, like I cannot wait to take my dirt bike up there because there's just all these single track trails that go up on top of these mountains. And like I said, the, the out-of-body experience because it looks like you're on Mars is just phenomenal. So that's enough for that one. But uh, actually, no, that's not enough for that one because my favorite part of going there was scaring the absolute bejeebies out of Jess, um, who is my girlfriend, and she loves going on these crazy rides with me. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think she holds it in just a little bit. She doesn't want to be scared too bad. But um, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Jess, for letting me scare you on these. Uh, on these <laughs> so, I appreciate it. She's still with you, nonetheless. Is that yeah, what you're right, saying? Exactly. It was really fun. She, uh, <laughs> I think she got a couple laughs out of it, and we got it on GoPro. So one of these days, we'll have of to course you did. Up. Of course you got it on GoPro. Hey, man, I, you know, just like everybody's got to take some kind of recording device, whether you got a GoPro or use your phone or, I mean, there's so many different things now. So pretty cool. Yeah. I think both of us have run stories on Caneville. 
as a writing destination. So we'll throw those in the show notes and you guys can check that out. All right, let's move on to number ones. For me this year, and I know I'm going to, I'm going to mispronounce this. I'm going to offend somebody and I don't mean to, but I went up to Bear River Lodge, which I, Casey, you went up there also just in different groups. We rode the Unta Wasatch Cache National Forest. Boom, diggity. Boom. Hey, even a crazy squirrel finds a nut once in a while. And <laughs> and uh, I we got to ride that in the Maverick Trail. And yes, it was fun to ride the Maverick Trail up there. We've talked about that before. The scenery is phenomenal. It reminds me of some of the national forests in Colorado. And Utah, of course, is full of great places to ride. This place alone, I don't know how many hundreds of miles of trails it has of all kinds from fire roads so they're a little bit faster to trails to 50 inch only trails to really rocky areas to tricky sections to not so tricky sections you could easily spend from what i saw 10 days riding this place alone for me that was my number one ride of the year you guys can blame you yeah and we got to see it from above which we've told that story before the helicopter ride bucket list item check moving on but that was a, just a great trip. It was a great ride. I'd love to go back up there and we, when it's on our own time and can just explore the area. That's phenomenal. I highly recommend. That could be a vacation spot, even if you're driving from the, from the East Coast all the way towards the West Coast. It would be worth going to ride that area. Absolutely. And, and one of my favorite parts, too, is that the fact that you can camp out there, for, you know, free camping if you bring a trailer or something. And yeah, that's also- right. Yeah, I mean, you can stay, obviously, Bear River Lodge. I mean, it's it's an amazing resort to stay at. Um, you know, top-notch service, and you can ride right from the parking lot, which is nice. Yeah, and it's not overly expensive. When we're talking about places to stay, yeah, you could camp or you could bring your trailer, stay for free. I'm sure there's a time limit in the, of staying in the same spot. But Bear River Lodge is very cost-effective. Like, it's not overly expensive at all. And they, the cabins are really nice. The service is good. And it's a place where you can get supplies if you need them. I mean, it's not like a grocery store, but there you can buy supplies from those guys. To, so if you are camping or, or RVing yourself into the fun of trail riding up there, uh, you could get stuff from Bear River Lodge. So anyway, I would, I would highly recommend that as a place to take a vacation and to explore. My gosh, I need to spend like a whole month in Utah during the summer and that wouldn't be enough time to cover all the places, you know? I mean, it's just insane how many places there are to ride up in that area. And you gave me the perfect segue because literally I was just going to say how we're being so unoriginal with this episode right here and our favorite riding destinations of the year because my last one is at Coral Pink Sand Dunes, which is again in Utah. But anyways... It's, it's an epic place because actually not not necessarily because of the sand dunes. And the reason that I love this place is because you can camp outside of the regular sand dune area and that campground that's there. And then you can go from there and ride all these amazing epic trails that are scattered around to where you can go see uh, dinosaur tracks on the side of these hills. You can actually go to the backside of Zion National Park that... I mean, there's a there's a double track trailer trail down there that pretty much not everybody can just get on. You actually have to find it and get down there, and it is oh, it's amazing. So 
again, I, I would highly recommend um, not necessarily going there to Coral Pink for the sand dunes themselves, but exploring the area around there. Let's talk about our the favorite machines that we have driven this year, ATV or UTV. Let's talk about that. And again, let's do a runner-up and then our number one. I'll start because, let's face it, I'm the one talking right now. I For me, my, my runner-up would be the Razor Turbo Dynamics Edition. And yes, you've seen Casey on the video review that we did of it. But I had the chance to drive it. Yeah, and he did a phenomenal job. Love the rocks. The rocks were my idea, just saying. But yeah. <laughs> so you'll have to watch it now to get it if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, but on the ATV Escape channel on YouTube, check out the the Razor Dynamics review. Anyway, I love that car. There was something about it. I had never driven a turbo Razor before. So I really didn't, up until that point, I'd just seen it on paper and in photos and videos. It It's a ton of fun to drive. I love the way it handled because of the dynamic setup. It's not a gimmick. It really does do some cool stuff that can help you corner faster. It can help you jump better. It can handle whoops better by far. And it was just a lot of fun to drive. I will also say from a power perspective, I have people ask me sometimes, well, is the turbo really that big of a deal compared to just an XP 1000? As far as top end, it has more top end. It doesn't have a ton more top end, but it has more, but it has a gutsier torque to it. For me, it'll push you back in your seat quicker when those, when it spools up, when the turbo kicks in hard and it really comes on hard, even at high speeds. And I like Mm -hmm. that. So that's kind of the difference. So for me, that was my runner up best ride of the year. There you go. I love it. We, uh, we definitely did have a lot of fun with that car and there was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. Um, so for me, interesting how uh i'm going like i'm i'm going all trail this year i think but uh my yeah this is two, total total role reversal right uh, between the <laughs> two of us like mr west coast over there and i'm more of the trail guy uh, you know east i'm though i'm in texas like i love the tight trails and mountains and stuff like that uh i have very little uh, up until recently experience in the desert high speed desert and here we are reversing roles. Sorry, I ruined. Right, it's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> we uh, we went back east earlier this year and rode the all new uh, Yamaha Wolverine X4, and I just I don't know. I fell in love with that car. I didn't really have a whole lot of stuff that I didn't like about it. Uh, a couple things here and there, but at the same time, man, this thing, the Yamaha, as we described in an earlier podcast, they just really did their homework. It drives great. It holds four people well it's got plenty of power uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that engine here in just a little bit um, it just really is a great overall package for the trail guy and i i had a blast driving it um, you know and, and just enjoying a new set of trails also over uh, in north carolina at the russian mountain motorsports park but it's a uh like i said it's a good machine man i uh i totally have one if i was going to go up and ride trails all the time with uh with myself and three extra people or you know, an extra person and two dogs or something. That's it's right. Great. So cool. <laughs> so what and, about you? Number uh, one, mister. Number one. Okay, guys. My favorite this year, without a doubt, is the YXE1000R SS SE yeah. that I yeah. that I got to have. I not only got to drive it when it was released, but I had 
a unit at our headquarters that I did some filming with, uh, and that video is coming out real soon, but it's just an epic, epic machine. What I like about it is when you look at the YXC, I know it's a love or hate thing. For me, I love it. It screams fast and it screams like aircraft looking. You just, you look at it, you know, it goes fast. That's what you know. And particularly the SE version with the black and red. I think that is the best color combo that matte black and that metallic red uh, on any side by side I've ever seen. That's not custom. Wow. Did you all hear that? Yeah. I mean, I am just way out there with that. I know, but it is just an epic color combo and they dropped it for 2018. It's just for me. I mean, it's matte black and metallic red. That is sexy. That is just sexy and naughty all at the same time. And then of course the fact that it's paddle shifters and it's not like wimpy paddle shifters. It's like supercar power shifters. Yeah, somebody enjoyed launch control a few times. Yeah, many. I mean, well, actually, not too many times. Yeah, just enough. Just enough. That that launch control <laughs> is is just so innovative in the industry. Again, I can't get past the fact you get launch control on a hundred to two hundred to two million dollar supercars and cars, like high end cars. That's where you get a launch control, and you get that on a side by side. And I'm telling you. You, you would be hard-pressed without being a professional stick shift driver, manual transmission driver with a clutch. You might get it as good as launch control can do one out of ten times. You might do it. But you're not getting it the other nine times. And it comes off the line in such a way that just makes you smile. So anyway, that, that to me, if tomorrow I had to buy spend my money on a pure sport, naturally aspirated side-by-side, it would be a YXC, no questions asked. The SS version. Wow. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. That's my number one. I love it. That's awesome. I I love the the poignant just, this is it right here. We got it. Yeah. That is a naughty, sexy side-by-side. That's, I don't know what else you can say. Yeah, there you go. I like it. I'm I'm probably not going to say the same thing about my number one pick, but at the same time, it still looks good. You know, <laughs> I can't help it if your if your uh, sense of of design is is not as good as mine. Yeah, but... <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right, Mr. Self Fighter over there, YZ yeah. guy. Okay, I see an F twenty two Raptor when I looked at that. Look at that thing. Yeah, it is. It, it does. is. It's got, it's it does. That, it just just points to the ground and says, "I'm going to go fast." You know? Yeah, like, this is it. and it's a looker. Like I, I'm not saying that there are not. I think the X3 is a great looking. I really think the X3 is a sharp looking side by side. But I got to tell you, the one that dances in my dreams when I think, "What is the sportiest, baddest looking? I'm gonna I'm gonna rip the ground apart at 150 miles an hour." It's the YXZ. It just yeah. is. Okay, what's your number one? <laughs> okay. Well, it's it's. I don't know if it's as sexy as your number one, but at the same time, it is pretty sporty, and it's the all-new Can-Am Maverick Trail. And I I don't know. I mean, I, I love this machine. It's a, it's a phenomenal performer, and it's something that – it's funny because, like, this car just – it just 
oozes capability, I think, in certain <laughs> ways. Does that nice. make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. nicely put. Hey, you know, I mean, I'll, yeah. Anyways, oozes capability. We're going to stick with that one as the tagline for this. Yeah. Part. So, anyways, ways that it does ooze capability is it can it can go from Mr. I'm tackling any trail that I want that's 50 inches wide to just wide open, you know, uh, flat track trail runner in uh, just like two seconds. You know, you lock the lock the front, uh, sorry, not lock the front diff. You lock the rear diff in it if it's got the unlockable one. And you just go out and have yourself a great time. I mean, it flies through the trails. You can set it up sideways and have a great time going on all the fire roads. And then you can slow it down and crawl on these 50-inch trails like it's nothing. Uh, it's just, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, there's a couple things I would change on it, but, you know, for me being 6'3", uh, it, the interior is really nice. I think it sets a new benchmark as far as just interior quality and, and also storage in, in this kind of um, segment of the UTV market. And I don't know. I just, yeah, I really you just it. like it. I just really like it. Yeah. I'm, and I, I get it. I'm as, yeah. I don't know if I'm as passionate about it as you and your YXC, but no, at no, the no, same no. time, like I would go out and buy a Maverick trail and I could buy two Maverick trails for your YXC. And then, you know, actually, I don't know. I might be able to beat you in one. You never know. Yeah. You, you better bring like, yeah. A, a, attach okay. a rocket to the back of that trail. Um, if you think you're going to beat me, <laughs> Uh, but you, but I'll say this. I mean, it is not slow either. If no, you if not. you want to stretch it out, it'll it'll do it. Yeah, I uh, I think it's definitely worth the worth the look if you're looking at a 50 inch machine, but you're maybe scared of a 50 inch machine too. As far as just being too narrow, um, like I said, I was really surprised with how you can just really slow this thing down, have a great time in the rocks and the tight trails, and then just absolutely let her rip in uh, in all the wide open sections. So. I don't one. That's for sure. Let's move on. And you want to, this time, instead of me starting, why don't you announce what we're going to do? Oh man, I'm really excited about this because it's kind of, kind of an overview of some awards that we have. We're doing some best. awards. Uh, right. It's kind of, I mean, it's might not be golden globe, but we could have some, <laughs> you know, golden something coming out at you here. <laughs> That's right. Um, but what we're calling this is we want these to be the movers and shakers of the year in 2017. And these are our favorite, whether they're ATVs or UTVs or different innovation awards or uh, best new product or best new component of a machine. Um, this is it. So you want to start with utility UTV? Yeah, uh, sure. Sure. Actually, why don't you start with that one? Because you had the demo unit. Okay. All right. So utility UTV. I'm, I'm excited about this one. And I think... Everybody else was back in uh, late July of 2017 when Polaris unveiled their new Ranger XP1000. Uh, and this car, it it really it pushed the envelope as far as design for the Ranger platform. I really like how it's got the very masculine appearance and it's tough and it just it's not the same uh, like edgy design that Polaris has been known for for the last couple of years. So uh, in their Ranger lineup at least and stuff. So. I'm excited about the design. It also, the reason it really deserves one of these awards is because it's pushing the industry further. Uh, it has a 2,500 pound towing capacity. That is and, huge. Yeah, right. And it's not like anybody else is slacking. You know, Polaris had the 2,000 pound towing yeah. capacity and so does. And that they, set the benchmark really. Like the 2,000 right. pound was the benchmark and I, and the Ranger set that benchmark. Right. Exactly. And now they've just, they keep pushing forward. So they, they kept it 
uh, I believe it's the same wheelbase number. I'm going to have to verify that one. I'm not too sure, but um, I believe it's the same uh, wheelbase. So, you know, you know, increasing the capacity uh, for towing and stuff to 2,500 is really, um, it's, it's really monumental actually. So <laughs> I really, I really enjoy it. The interior is cleaner as far as a Ranger is concerned too. And uh, those are just a couple of reasons why I believe it deserves one for the uh, utility segment. Yeah. The UTV market. Yeah. And, just my two cents, which is probably what it's worth. I I just like the way it looks. <laughs> yeah, I like the pickup truck look. Moving on, we're we're gonna go to the utility ATV side of things, and this is just there are a couple. I'm I'm torn on this as to the one that I would give the throttle on award to. Just a Yamaha Grizzly. It used to be the Grizzly 700, but they're just say Grizzly now. But it's the 708cc. It's the Grizzly 700. Uh, ATV for me that's the one that I would buy tomorrow as my own personal like all around utility ATV that would be mine from the reliability to the I mean it's a Yamaha to the innovations to the storage the engine it's not the most powerful doesn't matter to me it's plenty powerful and I, I like the way it rides I like the way it feels I like the way I can adjust it there are just so many things to that that I really really like and so out of all the big bore utility ATVs, that would be my first choice. I would I would say, though, that in 2017, you know, Polaris revamped the XP1000. And, and so as far as like a 2017 model that completely redid things, I would say that that, you know, that, that to me would be the runner-up. And then they redesigned it, they upped the power... It is the most powerful big bore you can buy in the utility segment by, I think, one horsepower, by the way. And, yeah, it's, it's funny how these things work, but they get to say it's the most powerful. And, the, and and there's a lot to like about that quad. For whatever the reason, though, I come back to the Grizzly. That would be my throttle on award for 2017 for my pick of the utility ATV segment. Boom. Love it. Done. Put a stamp on it. Send it off. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so we've got utility atv now we're gonna go into the sport wreck side of things and we'll start off uh with how about the utv market there um i i'm gonna go back to here like what i mentioned earlier my yeah. number two favorite machine was that yamaha wolverine x4 and i think as far as uh, the sport wreck market is concerned this is the same vehicle that's pushing the boundary this year and coming out with uh, the most innovative, most innovative platform, um, it's obviously all new, which is great. Um, they released the new motor. They released all the new seat, you know, the seating arrangement for this car and stuff. So um, I think based off of a lot of those facts and the, the fact that it includes the Yamaha, the Ultramatic transmission as well, and those self-leveling shocks in the back, um, that all of this makes up this very versatile package in the Wolverine X4. And I believe that is really the biggest uh, reasoning that it needs one of the throttle on awards for a sport rec UTV. Yeah. And I would just say, and I, I totally agree with that. There's a ton of innovation on that from going to a drive by wire system to the self-leveling shocks that you don't have to mess with at all to the, the way they squeeze the seats in there, but with plenty of room to the fact that, I mean, there's, you could still use that, that rear seat space for other stuff when you're not hauling people. There, there's so much about it. 
I would also say the level of innovation to get it quiet. Like that to me is yes. That yeah. has that has screwed with my the way I look at so many other side by sides now, of how quiet they are. And now I think, man, you can actually achieve a quiet engine in and allow you to visit in a cab of a side by side. Now we know it can be done because Yamaha's done it. Right. And and that's going to be something that people are going to look at when they make buying decisions. Mm-hmm. That's important. No. Totally agree. And and just the fact that, uh, like you had mentioned, I think in the last uh, or two podcasts ago, but it was when we were discussing this vehicle, uh, not only is the engine quiet, but then we had to, or sorry, we, Yamaha, <laughs> had hey, to go in and- We give our yeah, input. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, they had to go in and quiet everything else down, whether it was bearings or different things, um, to be able to make sure that you know this vehicle lived up to that quiet, uh, you know, or I guess rapport. Um, you know, in the industry and stuff. So pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Let's hit uh, the sport wreck side of the ATV uh, uh, segment. What's ironic about this, we're going to give out an award, but really no action happened in 2017 in this. The other thing that I would say, I have not ridden either one of these in 2017 and you haven't either, as I recall. So when it comes to sport wreck ATV, there are only really two. Mm -hmm. And that's the Scrambler from Polaris and the Can-Am Renegade. It's a very specific segment. I'm going to pick the Renegade to give the award to simply because I like I kind of like that look. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I, I like the look of both, and I'm not just saying that. The Scrambler, you look at it, you know it's not the traditional utility side-by-side, or side-by-side, ATV. The Renegade, like, it makes you really, really stare at it. That in the design, you really want to stare at it, try to figure it out. And that little bit of edge is why I give the Thrall on award in that segment for ATVs to the Renegade. Boom. Okay. Done. I like it. I have not ridden on a Renegade yet, so I need to uh, cross that off my bucket list here. Yeah, I we'll have, have to. Scambler. We need we, we need to uh, reach out and solve that problem. No, it'd be great to be able to swing a leg over one. I have seen a couple people uh, get uh, up on the handlebars of a Renegade and it handles uh, very well from from looking at it and, and having other people ride it. So um, I do I do think it is a top-notch machine. There's no doubt about it. And just like you said, it deserves one of those throttle on awards. Woohoo! So, yeah, right? So let's move forward to our last category and that's the sport category here for both ATV and UTV. Um, do we want to go? Let's go with UTV first. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so... As we all know, the sport UTV segment is what everybody gets kind of passionate about these days. Um, it's the you know, se- we joke about the fact that that's the sexy end of the market. It right, really, exactly. it really is, and yeah. and it's ironic considering it's such a small part of the market. But that's the one that gets the most attention as far as the press goes. It seems back in two thousand about four to two thousand about nine somewhere in there. The sport ATV was market in general was just thriving. There was a ton of racing. There was all new machines. I mean, each Japanese manufacturer, in addition to uh, Polaris and KTM, a couple of these different guys, they all had 450 machines. So it was a very thriving market. Well, that passion that was created in that has now shifted to the sport UTV market. And this is where all of these manufacturers, whether it's Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, um, all these guys are bringing in this passion to be able to create new machines and get people wrapped around their brand um, and get them excited about racing. Uh, the racing scene in general is bigger or um, I would say it's bigger actually for the sport UTV market 
than uh, than the sport ATV market could have ever been, you know, at, at that time, sort of. So you're seeing manufacturer involvement and stuff, which is great to see. So all that being said, the sport UTV that we think deserves that throttle on award uh, of the year is the Can-Am Maverick X3. There's a couple reasons behind this. Not only did they upgrade the power to 172 horsepower, which now takes the rank for yep. the highest horsepower of the year. By four. <laughs> right. Hey, it's by four, right? Yeah, exactly. By four. Those and are big. Our, that's a big four horses right there. Exactly. From our experience, man, it's, uh, it uses all those four horsepower too. <laughs> to really put it to the ground. So uh, that coupled with the fact that uh, Can-Am did, basically they released a new gamut of colors and, and uh, you know, the extra horsepower and stuff back in, uh, I believe it was June for this new, this 2018 uh, X3 lineup. And then again, they released the RC version later in the year. And then again, they released five all new models here to, to set the 2017 or to literally to close 2017 strong. And they came out with their smart lock technology, uh, which borrowed some technology from the RC version uh, to put it in um, some more uh, of the top end X3 cars. Um, and you know, just made it more of a round, rounded out lineup. Uh, they have vehicles that now start um, in the X3 lineup around. Uh, I think it's uh, right under twenty, right? It's nineteen nine ninety nine. Yeah, for the base model. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's generally speaking, it's affordable. Um, and then they build it all up to you know something that can cost like twenty twenty seven twenty eight thousand in the two seat market, and then their their four seater uh, X3 in the max version is uh, topping out right around that $30,000 mark range. But you can still get, like I said, that the, the depth of their lineup for the X3 is huge. So you can still get a base model, um, very capable X3 for um, fairly, just right above that $20,000 mark. So very cool how they built it all out. Uh, they've taken a, a good look on the, the market itself and uh, they're reaping the rewards because they're, they're selling a ton of them right now. It's crazy. It's really cool. Yeah, they've they've had a big year with that particular side by side, and the family, the family build out of that side by side, has been so significant. Now, for the record, I would love to vote for the YXC SS because again, <laughs> paddle shifters, paddle shifters, launch control, boom, done. Yeah. But the reason why the Can-Am Maverick X3, I think, takes takes the cake. It's like you said, like they have innovated so much in so many different areas across an entire family of side by side that they they just they deserve the award. Right. Yep. It's cool. It's really neat to see, and they're they're racking up championships because of it too. Whether it's in the mud and uh, or whether it's out uh, back east in the trail championship regions too um or out west i mean you know geez they're yeah uh, th those trails were... you're gonna have to really squeeze those things down the trail yeah yeah you're not gonna be able to buy the uh, the xrs version that's for sure so <laughs> no 72 inch wide on a trail anyways what's uh let's see so we've got maverick x3 which is a great one um it's creating the most anticipation i think and it's definitely fueling some fire within the other manufacturers in the sport utv market uh, so let's go and cover the sport ATV side of things. And I think you need to do that too, because you are the one that has so much experience on a sport ATV. I've never been on a sport ATV, but I will oh, don't man. like, don't worry. That's on the list. I've, 
ironically, when you see who the award goes to, I have visited with this manufacturer about the fact I've never ridden a sport ATV and I want to learn <laughs> from someone who really knows what they're doing. And that's on the table. Right. You have to. It's part of the deal because we got to get you out there. So, I mean, literally it's funny because I talk about, uh, you know, how the, the sport ATV market was flourishing back here uh, about, I'd say about 10 years ago. And now everybody's sort of gotten out of it, like not necessarily gotten out of it, but there's not a lot of manufacturers that are really making 450s and uh, 700s and, you know, all these different classes of sport ATVs. Uh, there was 300s, there was 90s, there's all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, being built before. So now the only really manufacturer that has really kept up with the sport ATV market is Yamaha. And they still have their Raptor 700R, which is one that you really should ride. It seems to me like that is one that is talked about a lot from a power perspective and just from a ride perspective. And they continue to innovate on that, on that quad. They haven't just left it alone, even though the market has clearly shrunk and frankly continues to shrink yep i'm hoping that yamaha continues to innovate that's what i'm really trying to say here uh and keep their sport atvs around uh because this year they didn't do a whole lot to the raptor 700r they did a few little tweaks yeah and, just and color changes in, <laughs> yep and the se version like you said has all new color color changes and stuff but it is a premium machine in this segment um it can do pretty much anything and really it all starts with that motor that's in the 700r um, it just, it's got plenty of torque. If you're a trail guy, you can still fit it on the trails. Um, it's not all the way out to the 40 inch wide width, uh, that, uh, you know, you'd see in, in a 450 market or something. Um, and I just, I love this, this overall chassis that the Raptor has, um, because like I said, it's just so versatile. You can be going down the trails. You can, it just is the king of the sand dunes. If you need power, I mean, the Raptor, you can go up to any different sand hill you want and just uh, throw it in third or fourth gear and you're good to go you know up it so um i i really just think uh as far as everybody this one really deserves that uh, throttle on award for for 2017 for sport atv all righty okay let's move on to innovation awards period um yep for the year and there's frankly there's been quite a few innovations but we narrowed it down to three that we thought were a big deal and worthy of a throttle on award. You want to start with, with number one, you've had the most experience with it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I think in the, I mean, it's a catch 22 with this one. Um, but at the end of the day, it really does deserve this award because it is the first of its kind to market. And that is the new dynamics active suspension technology from Polaris in their uh, top of the line razor lineup, uh, their XB turbo two seater and now their XB four turbo, uh, four-seater, um, both have the option to, to get this Dynamics um, active suspension technology. Um, it's all electronic and just having, I don't, I don't know about anybody else, but um, I think jo Josh can uh, say the same thing about this car, but it is so nice being able to flick a switch yeah. you know, to adjust your suspension. Totally agree. It's, it's one of those, I'm going to say it again, it's a naughty feature and it's not just... <laughs> It's not just a gimmick. It is a bit pricier because of the technology, but being able to change the suspension response and, and setup by just flipping a switch, that's pretty fantastic. Yep. I agree. And, and it's it's really opening the door for people who don't want to tune suspension 
to come in and say, wow, okay, today I'm feeling pretty sporty. Like I'm going to go faster. So I'm going to throw it in sport mode, you know, or, uh, or, or firm for that matter. Um, if you want to, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and then if you want to cruise, you can put it in comfort mode and just kind of hang out. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's still got some razor quirks in it to where it doesn't ride that great in comfort mode. It can always be better. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's really nice to be able to have that kind of active technology to be able um, to change it up if you're feeling something different within the trail. And that it would be easy and hopefully they'll take that technology and it will pass down to some of the non razor turbo models. And yes, since they've paved the way for that capability, I wouldn't be surprised at all if in, in the 2019 models or even mid 2018 models, like in shoot this month, who knows, we may see, that technology applied to one of the other models that aren't, you know, the high, high end models is what I'm trying to say. It is very innovative and um, it is very forward thinking in a lot of ways uh, for somebody who doesn't want to go tune their car um, and who wants just a, a very good all around setup. Then, then this works. It's not fantastic, but it is very good in a lot of different situations. Now that we've, we nailed dynamics, let's talk our number two, technology award or, or innovation award and that would go to can-am smart lock technology yes yeah and this it, is a big was, deal it but, is and it, and it's neat to see this technology grow to all the different lineups that they have whether yeah. it's on the defender or and they the did Maverick it quick they like they did. did it quick and that's good because the market needed this right and it's it's essentially it's a front it's a very smart locking front differential um can-am and i'll just go this very briefly is that can-am wasn't always known as rock crawler or having the best front differential and four by four technology the smart lock basically fixed that uh you know conundrum within the industry of saying that this is really good system and it's it allows you to have a fully locking front diff but it also with that smart technology it can be uh, unlocked to a certain degree based on the terrain you're riding so i really like it i think it's going to be huge for the can-am lineup in the future um, and I hope it makes it to even more machines than they've already used it on. I just want to give a, a big innovation throttle on shout out to Can-Am for giving me the option to manually lock the diff. Yes. If, if I want to choose to lock the diff, I want to choose to lock the, the, the diff. I don't need a computer to make that choice for me most of the time. That said, it's nice that I can choose to do it or I can let the computer do it. So last but not least, based um, off of the last innovation award, I think we're going to go into uh, something that is actually not released yet, but it is a very cool technology about ready to hit the UTV market. And that is the Nikola Motors fully electric side-by-side UTV. Yes. And it's, so they just released a video on it a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's not actually uh, coming out until the beginning of 2019. But you can you can place a, uh, a order for it, or you can reserve one essentially for free right now. Um, and it's an all electric car, just like you said. Uh, they're going to offer it in four different models based off of the battery capacity in it, and it is really going to change the the industry in that respect. Just to see if this is actually accepted within this industry. Um, I've got some, you know, uh, just you know things that I think about as far as how you know, this will perform, um, on a long trip and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, um, I think Nicola has, has something really good going on here 
they're really, you know, gunning for the top. I mean, shoot, the video called out the Razer XP Turbo and the Can-Am, the Maverick X3 uh, Turbo R. So pretty, pretty gutsy. Yeah, it is. And just for our listeners, the real brief thing here is it's, yes, Can-Am and Polaris and Textron Off-Road, they make full electric models of their side-by-sides, different ones. It's a very limited models. I think a Commander, I know a Ranger or two, and Textron has the buggies, and I can't think of the name of them at this moment. So the technology is there. What's different about the Nikola Motor UTV is it, it is sport. It is not a worker. It is sport. And it has four electric motors attached to the wheels themselves and then controlled by a big computer brain. It's got all-wheel drive, and it's got all that stuff. Well, literally, as an all-true all, all-wheel drive with four motors combined, something like 720 horsepower. Right, for that top-of-the-line model. And yeah. I, and I think, not to not to go over it, but I think the max range is somewhere in the 170-mile to 190-mile oh, range. Oh, I didn't read that. That's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, for the well, and that's for the, the top-of-the-line deal. So it's not uh, – they've only released – uh, one really price range on it. It weighs 2,300 pounds, and I think it comes in right at that $28,000 range for the, the base model. So <laughs> we're going to have to see what that 700 horsepower costs you. Yeah, but I'll tell you this. We have yet to see the top end of what people are willing to pay, which you guys are willing to pay for a side-by-side. The market has yet to max that out. It'll be interesting. It, it'll be interesting. And maybe, just maybe, we'll get to drive one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so we'll get to see. All right, moving cool. on, moving on. Yep. We wanted to give out one last award, one last throttle on award, and that was for the best new engine. And I think to much fanfare, uh, da, da, da. it's the new parallel twin from Yamaha that powers the Wolverine X4. There was a bunch of applause when Yamaha announced a twin cylinder 800 class engine in their ATV or UTV lineup. Because people have said for years and years and years, why isn't Yamaha making a twin cylinder? Why isn't Yamaha making a twin cylinder? Well, they have. They've released it. It is a beast. It is innovative. It is it is fantastic. I mean, I don't think either one of us can say, speak more highly of it. The level of engineering that went into it, just amazing. So that would be our best new engine Throttle on award for 2017. Love it. Alrighty. So, all that said, we have one final award we wanted to give out in our first annual Throttle on Awards. And that would be the OEM award for 2017. Now, before we announce it, which Casey, you, I think you should be the one to open the card and do the honors. Okay. This goes into innovation as a whole, multiple new vehicles as a whole, the depth of of product that they put out this year has been huge for them. And I don't think anyone who studies the market would be able to really disagree with us giving the OEM award for 2017 to this company. Drum roll. It has to be Can-Am. Yep. Can-Am people are, are now uh, having applause all over the world. Yeah. Right. That we've given them this award and they're not here to accept it. Yeah, definitely Can-Am. Yeah, just as you said, and, and just quickly, is that they are they're innovating at an unprecedented rate within the industry. Uh, the depth of their line, just like you said, it's it's got 
it's just building out every year and they just never let off the gas in 2017 in particular. I'm really excited to see what 2018 brings for them. I I think they're going to keep uh keep going with it. Yeah. Um, they're definitely and, they're on the top right now. Yeah, um, I think they are. And Polaris has been on the top for quite a while for these same reasons. Mm-hmm. I think. You look at some of the other OEMs. I applaud like Yamaha. They come out with a new vehicle every year and they're constantly revamping their their other models. Like this year they've come out with two new vehicles. There are other companies that innovate all the time. <laughs> Can-Am just really brought it in 2017. Yeah. Oh, agreed. They definitely deserve the award. So I don't know what guys. I don't know awesome. what the award looks like, but we're going to come up with something. Hey, it'll have something to do with gas pedal and throttle. That's right. On. That's, That's sure. right. Alrighty. So let's wrap things up. We need to do our two segments. And let's start with what did we have in the last couple of weeks that really made us happy? And yes, it was Christmas and New Year's, so maybe that'll give us something to talk about. I don't know. But what have you seen that really makes you happy? Video, uh, new present, What what's going on? That's a great question. Uh, just like you said, it was definitely Christmas and New Year's for sure. And the fact that I got to see snow here recently. Uh, I'm going to take one out of your playbook here and say that the best video that I have seen recently is definitely from the show The Grand Tour. Yeah, I, I can't get this out of my head. And I don't know if you guys watch this movie or watch this movie, watch this TV show. But but you should. Fact- Yes, you absolutely should. And the one of the craziest things that I've seen, and I'm going to leave it here, is a mud car. This who was it? Was it Jeremy? They are uh, James May, the mud car. James, yeah, he built this car out of mud, and he he set up this factory in the middle of nowhere because his mud car, of course, was falling apart. It's like know, mud, mud bricks. Mud, yeah, and so he set up this factory in the middle of nowhere. Can't remember what country they're in, but they're somewhere working on this thing, and they brought out this oven. Full on tractors to dig the mud out of the ground and stuff. And it was like, it was just one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. You know, like it was so stupid, but at the same time, it was funny, you know, and I absolutely loved it. And then, not to mention that the meat car came rolling right along and that was, was dropping, dropping bones on its way over there. So. That was, uh, that was intense, actually. Yeah. That's it's, my favorite. That's what made me happy. I was laughing the whole time. So, <laughs> and that's not the fact that they had to kill a bunch of animals to be on the meat car. But right. You know, but, <laughs> Go with, and that's season one. That's not even, we haven't even talked about season two. What about okay. you? What made you happy? Okay, you're killing me because more Grand Tour season two makes me very, very happy. I don't know. It just makes me happy. It makes me laugh when I watch it. Love that show. Over the last couple of weeks, both my wife and I have both been sick. So our all of our plans for Christmas and New Year's outside of meeting with our family on those days was thrown totally out the window. We really couldn't do anything. We watched a lot of television. There you and, go. Yeah. <laughs> lost, watched a lot of television. Not that and, I condone that. Yeah. So. And, and so watching more grand tour, make me happy. Now on our next podcast, I will not go back to the grand tour. I don't think, but we'll have to see. Okay, good. We'll find something new. Yeah. All right. And let's wrap it up. What are you currently working on? Uh, I am currently working on taking photos up in actually Canada of all places. So I don't. That's, <laughs> that's the snow that you're yes, referring it to. Is the snow. Lots of been, snow. Uh, yeah, minus thirty uh, something degrees Celsius for that matter, uh, with the wind chill this last couple of weeks. So um, it's been uh, a heck of an experience. I absolutely love the snow. 
but um, definitely something different. So not not only working on the magazine um, that we have going on here, but uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm I'm literally I'm working on taking photos at this awesome motorcycle show of all things that's up here. So it's been really fun. What about you? You're you're. It's funny because we're always working on the magazine. We're always going to have yeah. to say that. Yeah, for me, I'm just finishing up the uh, January February issue and. F- filling that thing full of so many stories, but that's what I've been working on. I've also, and this could be making me happy and something I'm working on is I've been driving around. I, we got a, uh, a Can-Am Defender Lone Star edition, which is a max version. And since I'm in Texas, I mean, it makes total sense for me to have a Lone Star version. There you go. And I've been driving that thing around and I, I'm, it's been a lot of fun and I have a lot to say about it in a future review and in a future video and in a future podcast episode. There you go. So that's you got a lot of yeah, yeah. future stuff to look forward a to. A lot of future. Well, guys, thanks for hanging with us today. And yep. this is, it's always fun. It's fun looking back in 2017. I will tell you though, we can't talk details. 2018 is going to be huge. You're going to, uh, hopefully see a lot from us, hear a lot from us on the podcast. We appreciate our listeners and hopefully you enjoy the show and, and learn something from the show. Can't wait to share more with you as we roll along in 2018. There you go. We'll see you guys next time. Have a wonderful couple of weeks.